This is Novel Marketing, Episode 15. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr., and this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how Google works and why some authors rank better than other authors. But you're probably wondering, where is Jim? Why is Jim not on the show? So there's a little bit of a story uh, behind that. Um, Jim and I were on a retreat with some other author friends of ours, and while we were there, a 10-story tree fell through his house and right through his bed where he would have been sleeping. So you know when you're writing a novel and you feel like the story's not interesting enough so you drop a corpse through the ceiling or an alligator from the sky? Well, apparently God does that sometimes as well. He feels he, I think he felt that Jim's life wasn't interesting enough, what with this pending book deadline. So he dropped a tree right through his house, and uh, so now he's living out of a hotel trying to finish his uh, book deadline and re- trying to get his house rebuilt as well. So we will be covering for him for a, a few weeks. And we're actually joined by a special guest, Tony Tovar, who is an SEO expert, which is search engine optimization for those of you following along at home. And he's uh, also the CEO of Inbound Mastery. He's who I go to when I have questions about how Google works. So Tony, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks guys for having me. So Tony, why is it important to rank well on Google for authors? Uh, well, primarily because you want to be found, right? If you rank and you're at least in the first, you know, page, um, you're obviously going to do more better off than other authors who aren't there. And you're going to sell more rank. books. Yeah, and be you're better known. Books, right? Right. So obviously, the reason for it is because you want to show up when people find, you know, are looking for you. And this is really critical because now Google is where people go uh, for questions. It's where people go for answers. And, uh, you know, I do probably 60, 70 Google searches every day. So if you're not yeah. there when I'm searching for you, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yep, absolutely. So uh, what do you have to do uh, to rank well in Google? Or more specifically, how does Google work? Uh, so I guess if you um, – it, it, it's kind of like a resume – you want to try to have as many references as you possibly can to the content that you're creating on your website. Um, so, you know, to kind of just put it in, in one sentence, you want other people to recognize you on their blogs or on their websites for what you've done or what you've written. And by recognizing, you mean like point a link at your website. Right, correct, correct. So this is a big change. When I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, uh, search engine optimization, ranking well on Google, how the search engines worked in those days was that they looked at the keywords on a page. You had this kind of secret hidden right. keyword section and Alta Vista and Hotbot <laughs> and all those search engines that have now died. That's what they looked at. They looked at the keywords and right. they ranked the websites. And Google doesn't do that. They don't look at c- keywords, do they? No, not anymore. In fact, um, if you might even still find a few websites out there that have keyword stuffing. And that's what people looked at, or at least these old uh, search engines used to look at in order to to rank websites, and that no longer is the case. And even the non-Google search engines like Bing use a very Google-like approach to search engine nowadays. Right. I, I, I like to think that Bing and Yahoo you know, are, are, are months away whenever there's an algorithm change or something like that on Google. Um, they tend to lack behind, but they are trying to do things like Google. <laughs> so if you shoot for Google, you'll get Bing and Yahoo as right. well. But if right. you shoot for Alta Vista, you're going to get nothing. <laughs> you're going to get nothing for sure. <laughs> So uh, so now uh, new search engines are looking at links, how links are coming in. So let's say I'm a novelist. I've just come out with a novel. How do I get more links uh, pointed at my website? Or, or 
maybe I should ask, is it the number of links is the most important? You know, just is it all about getting as many links as possible? That's a good question. Um, I, I get that often. Do I just need to build a ton of links to get to my, you know, to my website in order to rank? And the answer to that is a definite and absolute no. Um, it does not matter how many links you have. The quality of the links or the reference, the referencing sites to to you are, is more important. So um, to answer your question, it, it really just comes down to the quality of references that are, are made to your site. Okay. So how how is that quality determined? Is there some Google henchman, you know, with a pointy hat who decides who is who is good and who is dead? <laughs> so so PageRank is uh, the way that they do that. Um, primarily. The more referencing sites you have, the more authority they think you have, um, and the more the the, the greater well, the greater chance that you'll actually rank. So it's all based on their page rank algorithm, um, and this is you know just some sort of mathematical way of establishing that you have authority based on the referencing sites that link to your site. And so that page rank, and you know, it's how many links are pointed to that other site. Right, it helps their page rank, but not just the kind of links for them as well, but also how authoritative authoritative those links are. Right, right. And if it's on a relevant topic, so correct. If I'm writing about, say, let's say I'm writing Amish fiction, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get a link from Scientific American, you know, even though Scientific American is authoritative on science subjects, it's not authoritative on Amish subjects. Right. Any given day, I would totally prefer a link that comes from a relevant site, even though it may not have that high of an authority. Uh, because it actually might weight more uh, in, in terms of ranking. So you want high authority uh, links, links from sites with lots of traffic. It's probably the easiest kind of yeah, correlate. Sure, corollary. absolutely. Um, but also sites with lots of traffic related to the topic that I'm writing about. Right. In fact, novel. and like I said, it, I would prefer a link from a relevant website, even though it may not have that high of an authority, just because the more relevant, the, the more Google's going to notice that you are the, an authority for in that space. So we're talking Publishers Weekly or New York Times bestseller list. Those would be good links to get. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just, for those of you listening, just go out and you know talk to Publishers <laughs> Weekly, get them to right, do right. A, a review for you. So okay, let's say that I'm not on Publishers Weekly yet, or or they reviewed my book but they didn't put a link to my website because that's very common. Sure. Um, what are some ways that I can get links from authoritative, relevant sites? Um, so I can go over just a few. Um, one is creating good link bait content. Um, and what that means is, you know, everyone's trying to sift through so much information on any given day that you need to be able to stand out with what you're writing. Um, so long as you can do that, you can grab the attention of some people who own websites or in case if you make your content shareable and, you know, people pass it along on Facebook or Twitter, other people will find it and might even reference it. And so that good link uh, bait is absolutely necessary in terms of content. So, so could you give me some examples of link bait? Are these the like seven things you didn't know about X Y Z topic type articles? Yeah, actually, absolutely. That that could be. That's one example. Um, you have people who don't want to read um, anything else unless it's very kind of methodical. You have steps one through five on how to do it. Um, so that absolutely, if you have something like seven ways to uh, defeat Mordor, or I'm sorry, uh, some some sort of I don't even know, actually, so I apologize for that. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give an example. When we first started Author Media, we did a post, and it was the seven agents every author should follow on Twitter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And exactly. it was a very popular post for authors, but of those seven agents, I think five of them linked to that list. They're like, hey, I made the short list. You know, check it out. And they would tweet, send their Twitter followers. Oh, uh, that's that, well. actually, that's a great example. Um, so if you go to speaking events, and you listen to, let's say, a few lessons, and you want to link to a few things, like a few cookies that you might have gotten from the conference. Like your notes of the talk right, of right. someone else Right, right. And speaking. you say, this person said this. 
it was said by this person. And if they catch on that you actually wrote about them, you might actually get a link back from them as well. So you post the notes to your blog and then, right. you know, tweet that out. And that works really well, actually. Nice, nice. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. So <laughs> next time you hear me speak at a conference, take notes, and maybe you'll get a link yeah. from, from Author Media. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so in general, link bait is just interesting content, but the most in- important part of that content is the title. Yeah, it, it, because it's what drives people in. If you, if you, I always say this with content, you want to, and it's just from, you know, from a sales perspective, you want to sell people what they want in the title but when they come to read the article, you give them what they absolutely need. So with the title, you've got to just grab them in. You got to kind of lure them in with whatever you know fancy title you can come up with. But then you start giving them information they absolutely need and are grateful to receive. Yeah, if Jim were here, he would interrupt right now and say, "Content isn't king; it's master and supreme commander of the universe." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's true. It's not. It doesn't just help you with the social media. It also helps you with. Uh, ranking well on Google. Okay, right. so we talked about creating link bait content. How else can you uh, get more links to your website? Sure. Uh, another way is to find guest blogging or guest post opportunities. Um, so if you, uh, one way that um, we've done this in our space is if there's someone who is outranking us, uh, we go to see who, where they've built links. So they might have had opportunities in some other blogs where they've written articles, and so we go after those as well. So if my arch nemesis has uh, written a guest post for a really popular blog, mm-hmm. I want to write a guest post for that same blog so that I get a link from them as well. Right, right. So if it, it's kind of interesting because then you, you have this competitive nature where you try to find really great opportunities for guest blogging. And, uh, and in fact, you don't even have to look for them all that much. If, you, if someone's already outranking you, you can look at what they've done um, and then try to see if you can build relationships with people to get those articles kind of flowing out there. So if you're an author, uh, a good place to go for guest post opportunities is fellow authors in your same genre. So let's say I write science fiction, but I write science fiction with vampires. So it's kind of a unique form of science fiction, and there's four or five of us in this space. Chances are I'm only writing one or two books a year, and the people who are really into vampire science fiction, vampires in space, are wanting more than that. Mm -hmm. So I can reach out to a so-called competitor and say, hey, uh, can you guest post on my blog? It helps him, but it also helps my readers because it gets them more involved in that genre. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, it's just a great way to get really relevant links. They may not be, you know, Time Magazine, or it might not be the New York Times, or the, it might not be a link that, that, that is highly authoritative, but it's a link that's extremely relevant. And relevancy plays such an important part in ranking. That's right. And so... Ideally, you would want to write a guest post for a really popular, you know, oh, yeah. New York Times post. Oh, that was someone who's getting lots it. of traffic. But you, it's hard to start there. You have to prove that you've built up a following. And I'll, I'll say we get people asking to guest post on authormedia.com mm-hmm. all the time, almost right. daily. We have bombards. And what I do is I look and see what kind of social following they have. Are they on Facebook? Are they on Twitter? And where have they written guest posts in the past? So we had somebody come to us and they're like, yeah, I've written uh, articles for Mashable and you know, Social Media Examiner and you know these other sites that I really respect. And so I'm like, wow. Well, if, you're, if they've trusted you with a guest post, I'm more likely to trust you with a guest post, even though I didn't know them in person. Although I will say most of the guest posts that we post are uh, from people who are, I know, I've met at a conference or a friend of a friend. Right. I, you know, one thing that I always say is you want to follow the traffic. You don't want to follow the link. So you don't want to just try to go get a link. If, if you get one, that would be great because if it, if it comes from a website that has traffic, 
you know, you're going to, you don't even have to wait for search engines to rank you. You could just have that traffic coming from those sites. And, and that's one thing that I see a lot of people do wrong in the, in search engine optimization, where they go try to get links from websites that, you know, may, may be relevant, but they don't have sufficient, you know, um, uh, traffic. Um, so you really kind of want to be a, a little picky about where you want to put your article. Um, just because if they do have that social put that push or, um, that kind of visibility, then it, it's better for you immediately. Um, and in the long term as well for SEO. Okay, so what are some other ways that I can get links pointed to my website? Uh, so we kind of briefly touched on uh, one that I would recommend. If you go to like uh, events, like for instance, you write about someone who spoke, right, and you say something that they on your blog about what they said. Um, what if you if the table was turned around and you're the speaker? Um, it kind of gives you a great opportunity to not only share your knowledge about the things that you've you know that you've gained. Um, but it also opens up an opportunity for others to talk about you. Um, so public speaking, I think, is one that would be really good. And I'll say that this totally works as someone who speaks quite a bit. <laughs> right. uh, when I speak somewhere, typically they will post, they'll have a, like an agenda of speakers and a list of speakers, and they'll include the bios and links to the websites. There's a really good link there. But I also encourage people to pull out their phones and tweet during my or take notes on their laptops right. during my talks because I want that social engagement. I want that those links. You know, I know they're going to be on their phones anyway, so I might as well have them <laughs> tweeting about my talk. So I don't right. see the the phone or the tablet as an enemy. I see it as an ally. And uh, I, I know I'm That's doing a good, a good job in my talk when there's a whole flurry of tweets related to my talk. I know right. I'm not doing a good job when everyone's on their phone and there's no tweets afterwards. I'm like, yeah, oh, absolutely. They're all texting, texting their kids. Uh, another good way to get inbound links is to write articles for magazines. Uh, a good friend of mine, Mary DeMuth, has been writing for Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. And she's been featured on their homepage and on their on their blog and in those articles are links back to her website oh, that's so <laughs> that's a super relevant link from a very authoritative source right you know, right if you're in that kind of christian space of christian publishing christianity today is one of the biggest magazines in that space so you know let's say you're writing a, a book on uh, you know a certain kind of fiction you want to uh, try to write an article for a magazine in that genre or a short story for a short story collection. And you know, if you're trying to decide between two short story sources, if one gives a link to the author's website and the other one doesn't, you know, write that short story for the magazine or journal right. with the link. And you might be surprised. There's a lot of PR firms out there today that, that don't know that they're actually doing SEO uh, by trying to get their customers or their clients um, uh, featured in a magazine or p- getting a, a blog post of some sort or an article, sorry, written in one of these magazines. Um, so I, it's a great way to do it. Um, and if they have some sort of online um, a sister site that they also post things to, that's a great way to get a link. All right. So we're almost out of time. So I, we're going to go into the lightning round. I want okay. you to give some quick <laughs> tips on other ways to get uh, ranking well on Google because Google looks at hundreds of different things, not just links. We've been focused on that. Uh, in this, but what are some other uh, tips that you have for ranking? Work? Sure. Okay. So, so for link building, the the ones we covered are actually really great. The, they're the best. I think that you should just kind of focus on those. Um, as far as far as quick tips for SEO, you just want to make sure that the content is absolutely amazing. When people read that stuff, like I said, people are reading stuff. They're they're kind of bombarded with a ton of information every day. You just want to be able to stand out. So make sure that you uh, focus on selling people what they want and then actually providing them what they need in the content. Do um, you want to also make, just make sure that you integrate uh, things like social media into your blogs? Uh, a lot of people don't do that. Well, actually, a lot more people are doing it nowadays. Um, but you want to make sure you do that and also kind of post your articles out to. The and have a blog on your website. 
Right. You know, right. No one's going to want to link to your about page. Exactly. Your if you yeah. don't have a blog, you're not going to get hardly any. Yeah. Links. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of people who say, well, hey, you know what? We don't want to really spend the time to write. And it's like, well, how else are you going to try to attract your customers? You absolutely have to write things that relate you that they can relate to. And in a way that that would interest them. You know, you don't want to. Uh, it's funny. I, I know a dry cleaner that a dry cleaning business that writes articles about the industry. And it's like your customers aren't going to read that stuff. Right. And authors to fall in this temptation. They write articles about writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your readers don't want to know about, you know, subjunctive clauses. Right. <laughs> That's not right. what's going to get them excited. You should write about the genre, re- review other books, talk about what um, what's going on in Amish. That's fiction. perfect. I, yeah. Exactly. If you write or read Amish, I don't mean to pick on you. It's just such a classic, <laughs> you know, niche that's just so clearly defined. You know, it's got the lovers and the haters. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Fine. So the, la- the last thing is just kind of to kind of wrap that a, 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 a bit is to to understand that SEO, getting out, going out there, trying to get these links, it's not going to fix boring blog posts. You absolutely need to make sure that they're just, uh, you know, as animated as possible, either in the way that, you, you know, in the voice of the article or just in the information that you're providing. As long as they're helpful, you have an opportunity to gain a relationship from someone else in terms of getting a referencing site to, to point to you. That's very, very good. SEO can't fix a boring blog post. Do you... Uh, Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, You've been listening uh, to the Novel Marketing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by My Book Table, which is a great way to list and sell your books on your website. And it has great SEO features built right into the plugin to help your books rank really high. Tony actually helped us give give us some ideas (laughs) of things to do under the hood, some more technical things to really give you that edge in terms of ranking. And we've just come out with a new version that has deep integration with Michael Hyatt's Get Noticed theme. Mm. So if you're using Get Noticed, My Book Table makes Get Noticed book pages sing. (laughs) You can import your books right into uh, My Book Table. It's very good. So you've been listening to Novel Marketing, giving you novel ideas on how to sell your book online, offline, and everywhere in between.